Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for another exciting, and I mean exciting, thrilling, last regular season episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And in Chicago, there ain't no lighter side. The White Sox are given up for dead a long time ago. Uh, but they've turned to who else? The Kansas City Royals for help. Yeah, I mean, why not take one of the worst teams in baseball and grab all of their personnel and see if they can fail to develop any players other than Bobby Witt Jr. for you, huh? They've got all these stars, which I subject and submit and believe will be gone soon. Uh, Moncada, Robert, or Jimenez are going to be dealt. You heard it here. But let's not talk about the trading season. Not yet, anyway. And we're going to keep going through the playoffs and then a little bit of warming your heart with what's going on in the wintertime. The old hot stove league. Yes, sir. Bob, will the Cubs continue to flop in the offseason? Flop in development and flop in management. I'd say, yeah. We're going to grade out the Cubs. I've got a few interesting perspectives on the Cubs. We're going to grade out each division. And we're going to grade out some of the teams. We're going to have the really bad, bad, bad teams. The teams that were bad, it ain't so bad anymore. And then the teams that are you know, expected to be there and are there. And then we're going to have our picks for the playoffs. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about a really, really, really good documentary on Netflix about the White Sox, and some of the characters that have owned the White Sox. And uh, it's a really good documentary, and I recommend it. I don't recommend documentaries loosely. I don't watch documentaries very often, especially if they've got educational content. But if they do kind of interact with the world of sports, I'm all over it. Especially baseball, especially the White Sox, and especially with the Vec family. That's Vec as in Rec, Bill Vec, and his son, Michael Vec. Now we'll get to that in a little while. There's no reason to hurry. We have five days left in Major League's regular season. And let, let's look at the bright spots. The bright spots have been the new rule. The new rules have been, and I think I've rated them before, but I continue to rate them, the best rule of the new rules is the no shift. Again, you have baseball the way baseball was designed by Abner Doubleday. So you don't have that softball feel to the game of baseball, and that's really good. The second good thing has been, again, in my opinion, the advent of uh, trying to get the stealing game back in the game. And they have done that by limiting the throws to first base by the pitcher. Now, what they need to tweak is to limit the throws to first base by the catcher or the pitcher, not just the pitcher. Um, so that would help. And then the pitch clocks helped. But. Uh, the games, if you've noticed, are getting longer and longer and longer. Why? Well, they don't start the pitch clock right on time until the umpire decides that everybody's okay. Nobody's hurt. We don't need a new batting glove. The pine tower situation's okay. And then, and only then, do the pitch clocks go into effect. However, the catcher can call timeout. You don't have to go to the mound and get charged with a mound visit. The catcher should be limited to five visits and or calling timeout, period. The pitcher can back off the rubber twice without throwing to first base, and that's good. But now the batter can call timeout, and the batter, at the beginning of the year, the umps were hostile. They weren't giving anybody timeout. Then all of a sudden, hey, you know, maybe Major League Baseball, maybe Mighty Manfred said, hey, look, let's slow this game down a little bit. Kind of going fast. Hard to sell our beer at the ballpark and have our commercials about gambling. And so we'll give everybody at least one timeout. And, you know, it's arbitrary how long they take. And they tell the umpire 
when they feel like they're ready to come back in the batter's box. And if they have an equipment malfunction or a bug that goes in their eye or something like that, they get a free timeout. So, you know, the games are going from 2 hours and 15 minutes now to 2 hours and 50 minutes, 1-5. And, and that's okay. Anything besides the three-and-a-half-hour game routinely played. So that's good. The bigger bases, I, I think I said last, go back to the old bases. We, we don't need bigger bases, okay? And we don't need a robo-ump. It's fun to have at least some element of the game where you can criticize now and, and, and be relevant. You know, you can criticize the manager, you can criticize the announcer, you can criticize a lot of things, but we need to be able to look at that stupid little box on the TV and go, oh, man, the umpire missed that call. He's going to get it when he gets graded. That, they all miss him, you know? They all miss him. The replay is pretty good. I would uh, maybe give an extra replay to a team that loses their challenge in the first five innings, okay? But they're not doing that, and that's okay. But, I mean, once you use your challenge and you lose, you're dead. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad the call was, you're, you're, unless the umps give you that review. Okay, so that's kind of where we are. This is a great time, especially in the uh, American League for the division title in the West. You've got three teams duking it out, Texas, and you've got Seattle, and then you've got Houston. And... Uh, Interestingly, none of these managers are new. Um, none of these managers are, uh, well, Baker, Dusty's pretty old, and Bruce Bochy's getting along pretty good. The Seattle manager isn't a spring chicken, but he's no, you know, young guy like the, the guy managing the San Francisco uh, Giants. Anyway. So that's exciting for those fans. Uh, nothing beats the uh, time about 10 years ago when the games didn't all start at the same time. And you could watch every two hours a new game that met somebody getting into the playoffs. And I believe that was the beginning of Tampa Bay's run because Evan Longoria hit this home run in the right field corner of the trap, and it got the uh, uh, Rays into the uh, wild card, which they've been, I think they've been in the playoffs ever since. So, why does that happen? Why are they good? Why did the Orioles turn it around? Why did the Diamondbacks turn it around? Why did the Boston and New York and California Angels at Anaheim, why did all of these teams go south you know is it all chemistry is it all injury is it all whatever it is uh it's it's interesting because i'm not sure my top 10 in payroll uh opinion holds water anymore at least not this year because you've got some i could name at least four big payroll teams that aren't in the playoffs, and that gets you down to six, if my math's right, at, at the best. So you've got the Padres, the Mets, the Yankees, and the Red Sox all gone. The White Sox are gone. They're right there. California's all gone. They're right there. So you've got some of the uh, bottom feeders that are in there, the Orioles, who I've lambasted their owner f all five years for not spending money. Hey, why spend money, dude? I'm I'm doing just fine with my minor league development guys bringing up major leaguers. And if you look at the top rookies in baseball right now, the Orioles have either two or three on their team or two or three in the top 25. Unbelievable turnaround. And it happens because they draft well and they develop well. And, again, they have the benefit of a cub reject, okay? If you get let go by the cubs, most of the time, your fortunes are going to improve. 
And so probably the least known of the guys who were with the Cubs and their fortunes have improved would be the manager of the Baltimore Orioles, Brandon Hyde. Now, the Cubs could have said goodbye to Joe Madden and hired his bench coach, Brandon Hyde, former batting coach, former infield coach, former major leaguer. Good guy because he's got the grit. He's got the grit and the desire to win. Now, everybody has the desire to win. Oh, you know, our boys aren't dogging it. But you got to have the grit, you know? If you don't have the grit and you don't have the real heartfelt desire to win, you're going to end up like the White Sox, a pathetic example of putrid waste of talent right down the drain. They've got more talent than most teams. And yet they find themselves in a, in a box. The first box was painted by Tony La Russa. The second box is painted by the ineptitude of Kenny Williams and the ineptitude of Rick Hahn and the inability to do anything right, to create a good organization. To, they, these things are so complex now. You know, you can't go out and trade Rocky Calavito for Norm Cash and expect to turn your franchise around. It's, it's complex, and they make it even more complex because they think, oh, if you don't have a degree from Harvard, Yale, or Stanford, man, you can hang it up. You're not bright enough to be in the major league front office at baloney. I go back to Willie Mage. You throw me the ball, I'll hit the ball. I hit the ball, you catch the ball. It's a simple game. And it's easy to spot talent, okay? You can see it as these guys rise. Now, the good guys rise from A ball to double A AA to triple A to the major leagues within three years. And, and you can see it, both pitching and, and hitting. Uh, when they stall out and you're doing the Band-Aid approach, uh, you can see that too. And I still... I've been getting a lot of grief from some of my listeners about my comments that this is the worst Cubs roster in the history of the franchise. Okay, I might have exaggerated. I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's open a beer, pop the top, have a schlitz, and let's discuss what is correct about my estimate of the Chicago Cubs, because they ain't getting in the playoffs. Now, it's Wednesday. The Cubs have five games left. They have had an unbelievably – they had, you know, oh, they hold their fate in their own hands. They've held it since September 1. And, and their record in September is just dismal because they don't have grit. They don't have grit. They don't have the ability – to hit with men in scoring position. Last night was a perfect example of the season. And we're going to put this podcast up on the wire by tomorrow. So by the time you hear this, there'll be four more games left. The Cubs have two more with the Braves, three more with the Brewers, and neither the Braves nor the Brewers are going to lay down and give the Cubs the win. Now, last night... You know, they start a guy who's been struggling for the Braves, but he's still 15-3 and three or something. And he struggled. And the Cubs ran out of a few runs like they do almost every time they start hitting the ball. Stupid base running. And that goes to Rossi, you know. Bad base running. Then they go... Up six to nothing. Should have been about eight or nine to nothing, but you could feel it slip sliding away. Slip sliding away. That was Paul and uh, Simon, my man, and uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Woo! And let me tell you what, this is a bridge over troubled water, speaking of Simon and Garfunkel, because there ain't no smooth water in Chi Town. The lake is restless because this is 
a city that is unfortunately not a city of champions, a city with L on their uniform. L for losers. The Bulls, the Blackhawks, the Cubs, the Sox, and the biggest loser of all, maybe, the Chicago Bears, the stupid, idiotic betting. The Bears were only 12.5-point dogs. That was easy money. I know my buddies out in betting land made a lot of money on that game. Are you kidding me? And they took Mahomes out after three minutes in the first half, second half. I've never seen Andy Reid do that so quick. And Kelsey went out, couldn't impress Taylor Swift, his girlfriend at the game. That was the best part of the game. They, kept sh- they should have just shown Taylor Swift. Maybe she could have sung the, the uh, national anthem. That would have been cool. Or maybe she could have come out and sung one of her songs at halftime. I mean, why do you need the Super Bowl to have a halftime show when your tight end is dating, supposedly, Taylor Swift? Come on down, Taylor, and sing. And, hey, bring, bring Mahomes' wife for a little, um, you know, uh, whatever they call it, um, Harmony. Her name's not Harmony. It could be Harmony. But, I mean, bring her down. Why not? Maybe even Kelsey's mom. She was there. Anyway, I mean, it's funny. So, anyway, the Cubs blow a 6 to nothing lead, and you just felt it. I mean, why? Well, number one, Hoyer and Ricketts don't have any pitching. Nothing in the bullpen. And then so you got to go with Smiley. And I could hit Smiley. Oh, my goodness. It's sad. So anyway, for all you people out there who are giving me grief about my statement that this is the Cubs' worst team, it is. They are bad. And they're bad because of Theo, Hoyer, and Ricketts. Okay, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to explain what I'm talking about. But the coup de grace was Seiya Suzuki, who's had a great August and September since he benched himself. Uh, apparently, fly ball, third out, Cubs keep a two-run lead, head to the ninth inning with a two-run lead, maybe a chance to put, put a few more runs on the board, and Seiya says, Seiya to the ball, which flies by him on a routine fly ball, and he says, I'm not making excuses, but I lost the ball in the, uh, not the sun, the lights of whatever the name of the new, the, the third new baseball field in Atlanta. Where do they get all the money? They keep building. Are the, did Ted Turner start an endowment for new stadiums? Anyway, um, I can't remember the name of the field, but so the Cubs have two more games there. Sad. They're not going to win. They might win one. It's not going to help them. The D-backs are playing the White Sox, who are playing the uh, uh, Little Leaguers, or the the guys with um, you know lower lips. Oh, my God, this is horrible. You know, they shouldn't have gotten rid of Abreu. He held the team together, but they did. Teams don't care about chemistry. They don't pay for chemistry. They just want whatever. And, and they go by how much the guy made the last year. Well, he made $30 million. He must be really good. Uh, it's just... The Orioles' payroll's barely $30 million. Anyway. So, number one, Cubs ain't going to make it. Number two, the Diamondbacks are going to make it. Number three, the Reds aren't going to make it. Number four, the Marlins are going to make it. So I like to look at, like I said, as we go down through the stay, the teams that are benefiting from having Cubs, ex-Cubs, the Brandon Hides of the world. Um, my God, the Phillies, their, their team thrives um, on ex-Cubs. Kyle and Nick and Kimbrell, you know, the three teams. Castellanos is so good, so gritty. Kyle Schwarber, gritty. The guy gave up his entire life to be able to come back and play in the World Series, and he hits a home run that's still on top of the scoreboard, and they cast his fate to the wind. We don't need Swarber. No, we're going to get Hap up here. And Hap gets a D-. minus. He's more interested in his coffee business 
He's more interested in. And, hey, I, I'm I'm all interested in charities too, but Hap is pathetic. Okay, so he gets a D. Let's um, look at center field. It ought to be Bellinger. Period. And maybe Trockman to spell Bellinger. But instead, you got every now and then. You, why not play Morel? Um, I don't know. Morel kind of gets dumped on. Oh, you can hit a home run every now and then. Wisdom really gets dumped on. They all strike out. Get somebody that can't strike out. Okay. Oh, it's so bad. So there's center field. And in right field, give me Hayward. You know, Suzuki's okay. I get it. But I'd rather have. Schwarber in left, and I'd rather have Bellinger in center, and I'd rather have anybody in right, okay? Give me Castellanos in right. That's a good team. Suzuki gets a B. Belly would get an A+, but he just plays first base, which they don't need because they got rid of Rizzo. Okay. The infield's interesting. Dar Dansby Swansby, or Swanson. It's got a weird name. Dansby Swanson, who the Cubs paid a lot of money. Between Swanson and Tyone, Jameson Tyone, you know, they're they're paying those guys like 300 million bucks, maybe more. 300 million bucks. Oh, my God. That is uh, at least 7% of the uh, Rays and or the A's and or the Orioles. You could have the payroll of the Orioles, the payroll of the Rays, the payroll of the uh, um, A's, Rays, O's. Still wouldn't hit Swanson and Tyone. And yet, they don't get rid of anybody. They don't get rid of Hoyer. Oh, you know, he's, he's Theo's right-hand man. So here's Swanson. Good defense, probably get a gold glove. He's hitting a 250. You can't. Okay, as a shortstop, I still give him a C minus, and I would rather have. Now let's let's play the I would rather have game in the infield because in the outfield I would be more than happy with Bellinger in center and Schwarber in left and Nick Castellanos in right. Great team, a lot cheaper than what you got now. Get rid of Hap. Get rid of Suzuki. They got rid of Hayward. Okay? It's a good team. I know. It's the end of the year. What are we talking about this for? Well, because uh, there's nothing else to talk about. The Cubs ain't going to the playoffs. They puked on themselves. Every day they puked on themselves. They they couldn't beat crappy teams, and they barely beat the Rockies, one of the worst teams. They couldn't beat the Pirates. They couldn't beat the D-backs. They couldn't beat the, anybody. So, like, why would they go to the – why would you think they ought to go to the playoffs? And what are they going to – if they get in the playoffs, they're going to play six games in Milwaukee. Three to end the season, three to start the playoffs. Ain't going to happen. I would be shocked if they make the playoffs. Okay. So, here's – I mean, it's been one bungled deal after another, and I've gone through it a little bit in analyzing it, but I'd take – Baez any day. He can hit 250. Even if it's 230, he still has 40 home runs. Dansby's got 15, maybe 20. Give me Baez. He's way more exciting. Now he might make a few errors. Who cares? They had the guy. And then I'm okay with going out and getting Nico to play second base. He'd be great. There's a good combo. Baez and Horner. They played together in spring training. They'd be great. See, this is how you analyze teams. You have my tremendous insight, and then I apply it, not with not with hindsight. I've said this stuff before anything happened. Okay, I'll take Baez easily over Dansby Swanson. I'd take Horner at second base. That leaves why we got Madrigal. Well, we got Madrigal because we got... Uh, rid of Baez, and we were going to move Nico to short, and then uh, we, you know how I say we, we were going to need a second baseman, so we went out and got Madrigal. But then we went out and got Swanson to play short instead of Horner. 
instead of getting a power first baseman or a power third baseman or a power outfielder or a power DH or a good pitcher, we got another shortstop. We needed that like I need another friggin' um, root canal. It's like, are you kidding? I know you guys are getting tired of this dribble on about the Cubs, but it's fun. It's therapeutic for me. My show. Anyway, and, and I want you to listen because I got a really good recommendation on what to watch. I would take over all the stuff, uh, Madrigal at short, and put Horner, I mean Madrigal at second, put Horner over there. And now I've saved another $150 million. And I would have kept Chris Bryant at third. I don't care what he wanted. My God, we kept him out of the major leagues so that we could save a few bucks, and now we just throw him away. We send him out to San Francisco on the Labor Day weekend show. Oh, Jimmy Buffett's gone, but we all love his songs. Uh, anyway, I had my Jimmy Buffett moments, but heading out to San Francisco was Chris Bryant, and we didn't get diddly squat. Okay? Killian. I mean, if he was any good, we'd drilled him in the minor leagues. He's terrible. So I'd, I'd be happy with Chris Bryant at third. Give me Chris Bryant at third. Javi at shortstop. Nico at second base. And Rizzo at first. We have an, you got to waste Bellinger at first base. Oh, my God. Or turn Schwarber into a first baseman. He could probably play at first base. And then... Yeah, Gomes has been a good backup catcher to Wilson Contreras. I'm telling you, this isn't rocket science. So that would have left a lot of money for what? Pitching. Yes, we have no banana. We have no pitching. We have no pitching. They they got the Stroh show, which I thought was weak. They got the Tyone show, which is really weak. They've been... Paying for Smiley's surgeries forever, and he's just not good. They develop Steele. He's a good number four guy. Unfortunately, they treat him as a one. They need a one, two, three, and a five, and then they need a bullpen that you can count on. With a real live closer, they got rid of uh, two good closers. You know, they had Kimbrell, fine. They had Robertson, fine. They got rid of him, okay. You guys get the drift. The Cubs, all. I mean, who is the only Cub that's had a good season? Well, two. Jan Gomes, got to give the dude credit. And uh, Bellinger. Trockman is right there in third place, and Suzuki's in fourth place. And then Horner's in fifth place. Okay? After that, Hendricks has been okay. Stroman, not so good. Steele's faltered at the end. Um, and they, they bring in a bunch of guys that they, uh, you know, Assad might be okay, maybe, maybe. Um, they got a guy off waivers from Toronto, and he's been pretty good in the bullpen. They got box. It's just sad, you know. It's sad. 2.7 million people came through the turnstiles for the Cubs. Wow. That's a lot of money in the bucks of Mr. Ricketts to put into his daddy's pocket for his political action committee. And then they basically corralled the whole broadcast on the Marquee Sports Network. Now they have a gaming casino, and they have uh, screwed up the concessions, but they've always been bad. And so there you have the Cubs. And then we haven't even gotten to the White Sox. I mean... They're horrible. So let's look at let's look at kind of a, a wrap up. I've rated first. I'm going to rate the um, divisions. But before we do that, you know, let's take a break and give everybody a minute to get over my ranting and raving. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to the off season, so I don't have to bag on the Cubs until they start doing bad deals. You know, and how does Hoyer have a job? And Rossi, you know, hang in there. I think you've done okay. I'd give Rossi a C plus. I would give Andy Green a B plus. And I would give um, 
Tommy Hadovy, uh, a B plus, their pitching coach and their hitting coach. And they're getting better a little bit at hitting, but they need talent. So who does that fall back on? Jed Hoyer. Okay? Jed, you don't know what you're doing. Neither did Kenny Williams or Rick Hahn. And I'm not sure Getz is the answer for the White Sox. But, you know, Jerry does that. Jerry does. Jerry can live with. Let's take a break. Let's get a little optimism going, and then we'll come back. And I'm going to tell you who the best divisions were in baseball. You can probably figure that out if you've listened to this show, you know. And then we're going to talk a little bit about who I think is going to go to the World Series. And then next week or in two weeks, hopefully, uh, Craig Kashan's uh, life will slow down a little bit and we can get Craig on the, f- on, on the show. So uh, I'm going to go without Craig on my um, current list of who's in the playoffs and how they will do. And then next week or two, we'll get uh, Craig Kashan to come back and do his because you guys like listening to him better than me. So let's take a break, hear a little music. And uh, we're at about the 30-minute range, and we're going to go about another 20 minutes and call it a broadcast. So here we go on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple. Um, There's three or four other uh, formats that have crept up with On the Lighter Side of Baseball that um, I'm learning about, which is interesting. And then most people try to, you know, get me to join their uh, basic group of podcasts, and I haven't you know, done that because I'm still waiting to get a sponsor. So hopefully uh, things will go good, and uh, hopefully it's a little fun. We're going to talk about the documentary when we come back after we talk about the leagues and how they finished. And so this is a light day in baseball, uh, five days to go. Who will win? Who will be in? Who will be out? And who's, uh, boy, does... Does Boone Booney have a job in New York? I don't think so. Anyway, we'll be back in a minute. All right, we had a little music. You guys are back out there. Some guys listen while they're working out on the treadmill. Some of my fans listen to me in the car. Some of the uh, fans like to listen to me because it helps them cure insomnia. That's okay. Whatever it takes. I am looking for new listeners just because I'm not done talking and I think that uh, some other people ought to listen, not just uh, the 1,000 or 2,000 we got going right now. Crowd's growing and uh, we like it. So anyway. It's interesting to look at the divisions, and it's interesting to look at a few of the teams because this has been a weird year. I don't. I. I it's been a weird year. Um, I would say the worst division in baseball is the American League Central, where the Minnesota Twins won, the Cleveland Indians fell on their face, the Detroit Tigers were pretty bad, and the White Sox and the Royals beyond belief. Now, how the Royals swept the Astros last week in Houston, you can't explain baseball, man. That's what's beautiful about it. You can go out, which I did, and watch my four-year-old grandson play t-ball. That's every bit is fun, man. They have this little dude, DJ, and uh, I asked his dad, now he's four, I asked his dad if I re-upped, if I reopened my sports representation business, could I like get this guy signed up soon? He's four. He's got a, you know, he, he comes to T-ball. Everybody else has T-shirts t- and shorts, and they're, you know, looking at mom, and they're going over for snacks, and they're having a fun time, which is the way it ought to be. Not DJ, baby. I mean, this kid, he, have, he comes in baseball pants and stirrup socks, and he hits the ball off the tee to oppo. He goes opposite field, baby, with a good bit of velocity. His exit velocity, which, you know, is now big. How far did it travel? How high did it go? That's big. Now, uh, this kid, you know, he's enthusiastic. He slid into first. He slid into second, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, 
It's cool. So there's a shout out to him. So that's fun. That's good baseball. Good fun to watch. Goes long quick. Everybody gets to bat. And uh, it's cool. Now, the American League Central. Whew, man. That is some bad baseball. And the, the Twins are okay. They, they've got enough to win the Central, which is the problem with the White Sox. The White Sox gear their team to win the Central. You, you, can't, you can't do that. You've got to gear your team to win the World Series, not the Central Division, okay? That's my opinion. The next, as you might imagine, would be the Central Division of the National League, where the Brewers, who were pretty mediocre through most of the years, started hitting... Got Josh Donaldson off of waiver wire and suddenly became an offensive threat. Now Donaldson cannot play in the uh, playoffs. He went on the roster. Too bad. Now we got somebody calling in, but uh, put him on hold. Talk to him. Find out what their question is, uh, Tyler, and we'll we'll get him back on the line maybe later. Uh, the the um, National League Central again. Features the Cubs, the Reds, the Pirates. Oh, my God, they're so bad. And um, they're just they're just pathetico. And so then the, in my opinion, the fourth or the fourth worst, fourth, whatever, the AL West. Now, you've got them battling Seattle, Texas, Houston. It's exciting, but pretty disappointing with um, the... Los Angeles Angels of, of Anaheim and anybody else that's in that division, which I can't think of right now. Uh, third place goes to the National League West. The um, National League West features the Dodgers, who have done well with no pitching. Everybody's hurt. Then you've got the Padres, who threw up on themselves. And then you've got the Giants, who, uh, who are what they are. And so... Um, there you go with that. Second best, uh, you know, the American League East featuring the Red Sox and, and the Yankees who did not do well. But you got the Rays and you've got the uh, Blue Jays and you've got the Orioles. So you got the Rays, Jays, O's, easy to say. You know, and that's pretty cool. Um, and so then you've got the National League East with the Braves running away with it. Really, there no, there all, there's only one pennant race, division race, that's in the West. So the National League East has the Phillies, has the Mets, it has the uh, Braves, it has Miami, and it has somebody else that I can't figure out right now, but... National League East is good. Now, at the beginning of the year, we talked about teams and their payrolls and how bad they were and how good they were. These are the teams that just should fire everybody and start over again. Okay? And it's, and, and especially the – well, like the Mets, they, they took uh, the Brewers general manager, who the Brewers wouldn't let go, wouldn't let him interview, had to sit around for a year. You know, come on, Brew Crew. Better than that. The guy wants to go. Let him go. Uh, the, the woman you hired to take his place has done a pretty good job. I, I think she's great. Um, so I don't know why you punished your uh, former uh, general manager or president or whatever. The Yankees were just beyond belief, and, and I think Booney's gone, and uh, the uh, Cashman may be gone. Who knows? Red Sox fire their general manager, which was outrageous. Outrageous. That's the one guy that should have stayed. The Red Sox said, no, nah, we're not spending a lot of money. And, oh, by the way, we don't have any pitching. And, oh, by the way, we got rid of Xander Bogard. And, oh, by the way, we got rid of Mookie Betts. And, oh, by the way, we keep getting rid of people. But you ought to be uh, winning more games. So you're gone. Wow. That was a rip, maybe the worst rip of the, of the season for the Red Sox owners. Instead of firing Cora of the Astros cheating scandal fame, 
He's back now. Nobody cares. Same with AJ over in Detroit. He ought to get fired. What have the Tigers done? They got past the White Sox. Whoopie do. Red Sox, man, that was a low blow. Um, low blow. I don't, I'm not going to say it was, nah, I'm not going to go there. I don't want to say that. Maybe the Red Sox, that was, that was, that was cruel and unusual. A violation of the Eighth Amendment. You can check me out. The Eighth Amendment prohibits cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, the Angels, my God, they're the perennial doormat of a baseball administration. Okay? They had Shohei. They had Trout. They had Rondon. There's a couple billion dollars that went up in smoke. You got to get some pitching, boys. You got to get some pitching. Pay for pitching. 60% of your payroll should be on pitching. Of the 40% that's left, 10% of your hitting ought to be to a good catcher and DH. And then spend the rest of it wherever the hell you want. Get plenty of competent people to fill out your roster. If you If you have a Hundred million dollar payroll. You spend six hundred uh, sixty million of that on pitching and forty million of that on hitting. That's not enough. The average sal- payroll ought to be one hundred twenty million now, and that's not enough. So the Angels. Oh my God, Rendon is. I think he's played a hundred games, maybe, for the Nationals. <laughs> a lot of money. Trout, hurt, trout, let him go. Pick a team. You know, go to the Mets. Go to the Phillies. Hmm. The Padres. Man, oh, man, I've got one of my favorite listeners in San Diego, man. I hope you're doing good. Can't wait to see you. I'll be out soon. The Padres, man, too many stars. They got the White Sox problem. Can't have chemistry with too many cooks stirring the Subaru, baby. I'm telling you, the White Sox and the and the, uh, the Padres suffer from the same friggin' dilemma. Too many studs that think they're the straw that stirs the drink. Eh, Reggie Jackson? Yeah. How'd those Yankees do with Reggie? Not so good. You've got too many guys. The White Sox have so much talent. The Padres have so much talent. And uh, they just woke up, went to the urinal, and peed it away. Peed it away. Oh, man. Can the Cubs sign Snell? Would they sign a pitcher that was any good? I doubt it. Man, oh, man. Blake Snell. Maybe the best pitcher of our era, of our generation. Oh, you say. You got Verlander. You got Scherzer. <laughs> oh, you got a lot of good pitchers out there. But Blake, there's nobody better than Blake Snell. The last 10 years. Oh, my God. And he's never pitched. He's never seen a seventh inning. I mean, he just went to Little League, pitched six innings, and then high school and pitched six innings, the major leagues. He's never pitched into the seventh inning. He resents that, but don't, man. Why wear out your arm? You're a free agent. You're going to cash in. Big time, baby. Wish I were your agent. And that leaves the Blue Jays. Whoa, they may make the playoffs. I don't know. And even if they do, man, they've not lived up to it. You cannot. Let the Baltimore Orioles win the division. You cannot be in division with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Blue Jays. And there's at least $600 million in payroll. More, I underestimate. And let the friggin' Baltimore Orioles win that division. Ah, scratch your head. Maybe the Rays will come back and win it or eke it out. But it's the Rays and the, J- and the Orioles... Neck and neck to the end. And uh, the star-studded Blue Jays limping along right there with the Padres and right there with the White Sox. Wow. Surprising teams? 
the feel-good teams, the Orioles and the Rays again, maybe, and the Rangers, maybe, although they paid a ton of money. They got Scherzer. That worked out well. You got to have a good manager with some good, long, gray hair. Bruce Bochy, unbelievably good. Boach is good, and he feels it, man. He's in there. You can see it on his face. He doesn't like bad things to happen. He doesn't grin through the game, Rossi. He doesn't just keep the same old face. He cares. You gotta have grit. You cannot be like Eberflus of the Bears. Don't talk about the Bears. They're bad. The Bears are bad. The Bears are big game coming up in Chicago. Who do you go with? Who do you go with? Now it's Ryder Cup weekend. Yeah, that's true. So everybody's going to be watching that, although it's in Italy. So it could be a little late or early. I mean, look at it. Bears versus Broncos. The Battle of the Bees. The Bees. The Bees gave up over 100 points combined last week to lose. And it would have been a lot more if uh, the Chiefs had kept Mahomes in the game. Oh. So... That's a feel-good story. How the O's did it, I don't know. All my apologies to their rich lawyer owner. You know? Don't know how he did it, but he did it. And then you got the perennial bad Royals, A's, White Sox, Tigers, Rockies. Bad, 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 bad. And I'm sure I've left off a few. The Guardian Indians are bad. So, I don't know. Um... The teams that have survived. And we'll wrap up this segment talking about the teams that I think. And I have yet to go back and look at my preseason picks, but I would bet most of these are there. Don't know. I think, with five days to go, the Dodgers are definitely in. The Phillies are definitely in. The uh, And this is the National League. Um, the Braves are definitely in. The um, D-backs and the Marlins, I think, will get in. And uh, you know, it's pretty bad when there's six teams and you can't read your writing and you can't figure out what team that is. It must be the team. So the uh, Brewers, there you go. Couldn't read my writing. I mean, I, I love the Brewers. They're my pick. Now, in that group of teams, the NLDS, no, the NLCS, will be the Philadelphia Phillies versus the Atlanta Braves, okay? Mark it down. Go to DraftKings. Go to FanDuel. Go to wherever you want. Phillies versus the Braves. I fed it into my computer, I put in my algorithms, and that's what comes out. On the American League side, the Twins, yawn. The Orioles, yawn. The Rays, hmm. The Strohs, the M's, and the Texas Rangers. Now I yawn, but here's my picks to win or to be in the ALCS. The Astros versus the Orioles. How about that? And for the World Series, Braves win. MVP, Braves versus Astros. So the Braves beat the Phillies. The Astros beat the Orioles. Braves win over the Astros. The MVP is who else? Acuna. I remember when Albies and Acuna played their first game of their major league careers against the Cubs at Wrigley on a 35-degree April day. And these guys killed the Cubs that day. And I'm going... How can you lose to some guy named, you know, Albies and Acuna? Little did I know that Acuna, you know, is, he is the maybe, with the exception of Ken Griffey Jr., who really didn't steal a lot of bases. But here's the deal. Here you go. And there are a lot of different ways to analyze, a lot of different analytics to look at. But here you go. He could be the best base-stealing home run hitter that is not on performance-enhancing drugs of all time. 
all time. Because you look at the guys that are right up there with 40 or 50 home runs and 70 stolen bases, A-Rod, Bonds, um, maybe Sosa, not the base running type. Um, a couple other guys with Roy's. So, Ken, I would think that the best non-steroidal guys that I've seen lately would be um, Trout when he's healthy and uh, Griffey and uh, Acuna and probably Mookie Betts. Throw Mookie Betts in there. Mookie's probably going to come in second in the MVP to, of the league. But Acuna's going to win the MVP and he's going to win the uh, uh, league. Uh, ALCS and the World Series MVP. MVP. There you go. Anyway, we're coming down the wire of our of, of our last show of the regular season. And what have we... You know, hitting is sort of up, not dramatically. Um, this guy arrives from the Marlins, doing pretty good. I love a Rosarina. Uh, there are a bunch of good rookies out there. Speaking of rookies, uh, and, and speaking of the Cubs' mismanagement, they bring up this guy, and, and it's they got him for bias. So they're trying to bring up somebody, anybody that can take the sting out of, why did we get rid of these guys if we don't have anybody better? And uh, that is none other than, this guy's got three names, and it's PCA. No, that's not an illegal drug. That's the guy's, it's Peter Crow Armstrong. Peter Crow Armstrong. Say that 15 times. Peter Crow Armstrong. Peter, can't do it. He's yet to get a hit. You know, on, uh, if you watch Quick Pitch on, on MLB Network, the scenario is the same. The team brings up their best prospect. Mom and dad are in the stands. The manager lets them start that game, and the guy gets a hit. They throw the ball into the dugout. We see that time and time again, not in Chicago. Not with PCA. Poor old PCA, man. They shouldn't have brought him up. Why? Because they don't need a center fielder. They don't need to take time away from Trockman. They don't need to keep Morell on the bench all the time. They don't need to have Bellinger uh, rotating around with a minor league guy. Okay, and now they miss Candelario, but okay, big deal. PCA ain't got a hit yet. He's like 0 for 12, and Bellinger's consoling him. Oh, look, you know, it's hard to get a hit if you don't start a couple games and get in the flow. Come on. the guy. Ever since the guy came up, the Cubs have lost. And then he ran into an out last night, inexcusable. Um, I don't know what... If Hoyer or Ricketts are telling them to do this stuff, why do, why do you play inexperienced people down the stretch in Major League Baseball? Why? Why do you throw a strike at 0-2? Why do you swing at the first pitch when the guy in front of you just walked on four pitches? Why do birds suddenly appear? Oh, that's a, why do birds? I think that was the Carpenters. Anyway, I like to mix in a little trivia. Peter Crow Armstrong never should have come up. You know, it sounds like uh, Peter Crow Armstrong, Peter Crow Armstrong. There must be a song about that rhymes sort of or has that melody. Dude, you know, can't think of it right now. Um, Peter Crow Armstrong, good, seems like a nice kid. Shouldn't have come up. It's not his fault. Can't buy a hit. Sad. Sad, man. It's hurting his Hall of Fame credentials if he goes 0 for 20. Sad. Um, so the Cubs can, can do it in a lot of different ways. But the biggest problem that the Cubs had was they didn't go out and get a frontline pitcher. Uh, and they'll say, well, we tried and tie on. Then your scouting is horrible. Uh, we didn't go out and get a guy in the bullpen. We gave up Robertson. We gave up Kimbrell. And... Uh, we overthrew Azale, who'd never closed before, and he hurt his arm. And we overthrew Fulmer, who'd never really done that setup role time and time and time again, and he hurt his arm. And we hurt Boxberger's arm, and we hurt Leiter's arm, and we hurt arm after arm after arm after arm. Now, why? 
Why is that happening? Well, I don't know. You ask me, and I'm telling you, it's their training, strength conditioning, same problem. They don't do a good job of developing players. And, uh, and so with that, we're going to change the subject, change my mood, because I want to talk about Disco Demolition Day at Comiskey Park back in the Donna Summers days and the Saturday Night Live days, not the TV show, but with John Travolta or Saturday Night Fever. Anyway, you get it. It's a documentary on Netflix called The Saint of Second Chances. I think that's the name, Saint of Second Chances. And it features the life of Michael Vack, the son of the peg-legged owner of the White Sox, the Cleveland Indians, and I think some other teams. And it starts out with the ballpark near and dear, my favorite ballpark ever. You know, like if you talk to Ryan Stork, Abbott's Field was his favorite. Not that I'm comparing me to Reinsdorf, but my favorite ballpark was clearly, hands down, not Wrigley Field. I hated the Cubs. Comiskey Park, unbelievably. You could go in and, and it smelled like a ballpark. Then you come up from the stairs and you see the grass. You knew all the vendors. They were always there. The same guys were there. I mean, I knew the friggin' name of the ground crew. I knew the friggin' name of the security guy. I knew everything. And the clown. Andy the Clown, he's featured. Anyway, Santa Second Chances, turn it on. It's about Michael Vack. Um, he kind of had a, a, a rather uh, bad relationship with his dad, Bill Vack, the same Bill Vack who's in the Major League Hall of Fame, same Bill Vack who put up the Ivy at Wrigley Field this, originally, not just yesterday, same Bill Vack who put in Eddie Goodell, the midget, to draw a walk to prove a point, the same Bill Vack who invented the exploding scoreboard that now is everywhere. The same Bill Vack. A couple of his ideas I thought were really good, but they uh, petered out. One, instead of coming out with a broom, the umpire pressed a button and it blew the dirt off a home plate. Uh, why not? Huh? Is that a great invention? Why well, bend over? Well, it takes time. If the catcher took one in the cup, I'll go out there and sweep off home plate and Kick it around for a while. Sometimes I use a brush. Sometimes I use my foot, my shoe. Anyway. And they had another little cool gizmo. He hit another button, and this, um, like an elevator, dumbwaiter, filled with baseballs. And then he'd, he didn't need a ball boy to hold up three fingers. I need three balls. Here we go. Thanks. Boom, boom, boom. No, there was like a hit a, a, a button. And a hydraulic lift occurred, and a basket full of balls appeared. Well, what to my wondering eyes did appear but a basket full of balls? Yes, it's getting near Christmas. I'm excited. Anyway, um, so Bill Vec had Michael Vec work there, and I'm not going to spoil it because you ought to watch it. And he was put in charge, and, and Vec bought this team with a shoestring. I mean, man, they had no money. They wore shorts. Um, you know, it was a decent team, really. And um, what what he did was he said, "You're in charge, Michael, of the uh, of all the things we're going to do to try to raise some money." And so he had one, you know, great uh, deal after another. And uh, these are in the days of. Nickel Beer Night and Bat Day and Ladies Day and the exploding, you know, exploding guy at second base and Morgana the Kissing Bandit and anything you could figure out. Uh, camel races, elephant races, have players milk a cow. These were all Bill Vec's crazy ideas. Crazy ideas. And Michael Vec tried to imitate a lot of those and it ended up with Disco uh, Night. And... Uh, they, it was a tribute to anti-disco sentiment. They encouraged people to bring their albums to the ballpark, and they thought they'd get about 25,000 people. They got 55,000 inside and about 55,000 outside. Couldn't control them, and the uh, Sox forfeited that game.
Michael Vick left in shame, had some personal problems, and came back later on and bought the uh, Saints in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, in the Independent League when it was just starting out. And uh, the rest is cool. It's a cool guy, cool story. I'd never heard of it. His daughter gets sick, and he takes her around the country and the world so that as her eyesight diminishes, she could see a lot of the things that he wanted to share with her. And um, it is, yes, a little hallmarky, but I like hallmarky, so that's the scoop. Anyway, watch it. If you didn't learn anything else, what did you learn today? Well, you learned to watch Saint of Second Chances, Michael Vick. You learned that it should be a major embarrassment that leads to firing everybody, that the Yankees and the Mets and the Angels are looking at teams like the Orioles in the playoffs. And now, teams like the Orioles in the playoffs are going to encourage other teams to not spend money, and I don't care about the money. They can spend it or not spend it. Just get me a good team. Do, the, do what I think ought to be done. If you do what I think, you're going to win. You know, I should have been the general manager hired by the White Sox, and even though Ryan Storrs, my buddy, never, ever called me for an interview. I'm still waiting. The Cubs don't know I exist, and so not many other people know I exist either. But um, I could do with uh, $200 million a lot more than freaking Jetware or Theo did, and I would have a good team, and I listed the team. It would be fun to watch. I'd go out. They'd be great fans. And again, just to close, I'd have Wilson Contreras catching. I'd have Bryant, Baez, Horner, and Rizzo in the infield from third to first. I would have Schwarber in left, Bellinger in center, and um, I would have Nick Castellanos in right. And I'd have uh, somebody DH. Pick a stud. Go ahead and get a guy that can DH. Then I would not have Stroman, Hendricks, Steele. Oh, my God, pitching so bad. What can I say? You need pitching. The Cubs don't have it. So that's it. I have completed the 2023 year griping from the get-go to the end, mostly griping about the Cubs because I seem to follow those bozos. But I am excited for the Ryder Cup. And when the Ryder Cup's over, we have playoff baseball. So what better can you do than to have the Ryder Cup lead into playoff baseball? So get ready. Um, we're going to see some good baseball and some good matchups. And I think the D-backs are going to be hard to beat. I mean, they are, they're going to be hard to beat. The Orioles are going to be hard to beat because they have pitching. The Braves, mm, their pitching's hurting. The Dodgers' pitching's hurting. The uh, Astros pitching is a little hurting. The Rays, same deal. Who's pitching is the best right now? The D-backs and, uh, uh, in addition to the D-backs, the Orioles. Wow. Maybe the Twins. Maybe some two crummy teams will be in. The ratings are already down and uh, because they're not going to have the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They're not going to have the Mets. They're not going to have the Yankees. They're not going to have the Red Sox. So there you go. All right, folks. You're so nice to listen. I love it. There's another show for you baseball card collectors on MLB Network. I think I've talked about it. Called Carded. Watch it. It's okay. Not great. But if you're looking to get into the hobby, that's a pretty good place to start. Or my house. Come over anytime. So on behalf of all of my sponsors, of which I have none, all of my listeners, of which I have none. No, I know. I have listeners. I appreciate it. Jamie Reske signing off on Spotify. Stripe it down the middle. Let's win the Ryder Cup. It's even money now. The U.S. versus uh, Europe. Uh, let's win some money on that bet. And uh, take the Braves tonight. And take the uh, Broncos over the Bears, who are probably three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Broncos. Oh, my God. So it's a battle for the number one draft choice, the way I see it. And uh, that's it. Who will go 17-0? and Now maybe 18-0. I don't know. Okay. That's it. 
And uh, the worst franchise of the year is a tie between the Bears and the Cubs. You heard it. You have it. And good night from Jamie Uretsky on the Lada Side of Baseball. <laughs>